A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hansen and Betsy Thompson. Well, good morning, everybody. Happy Saturday. Hopefully you had a great week this week. And yeah, hopefully you enjoyed your week way more than my dog did. Maggie, uh, we've been taking her for walks ever since COVID started. And um, normally we'd play on the yard, but once COVID started, uh, the, the walking was a good way to reduce some stress. And so we started doing that. And oh man, maybe probably a couple of months ago, I guess I'd say, we started taking Maggie to nature preserves and places like that. Normally we'd been walking around the neighborhood we transitioned into these nature preserves, and she loves it. it. It's so much fun. She's becoming a country dog. She was a city dog. Now she's transitioning into a country dog. She's not there yet. She's still afraid of things like leaves scuttling across the path if she didn't know they were there. And she's afraid of grass that rustles and things like that. But at least she's not terrified of rabbits or butterflies anymore, and she'll stand in the stream a little bit. So she's getting there. She's definitely getting there. But the, the, the bottom line, the big thing, is that she loves it. And she's been unable to go for the last week. And that's really, really bugged her. And when things really, really bug her, she makes sure that they also really, really bug us. So she sits there with her sad puppy dog eyes and really, really cranks out the guilt. But what can you do? I wasn't going to bring her out and get muddy little dog feet and muddy little kid feet and then deal with the mess. So Maggie's going to have to just deal with it. Hopefully... We get some sunnier weather coming up in the next week, and she can get back outside. Again, hopefully you had a great week. Hopefully you've got big plans for your weekend. We've got big plans for the show. Coming up in the next segment, we're going to be talking about appliance shopping and a number of things that you should consider before you just make that blind purchase online. We're also going to be talking about home offices and how to make your home office, because so many of us have them right now, how to make your home office as productive and pleasurable to be in as possible. But right now, I want to talk about a tool that I ran into that I want to make everybody aware of because I didn't know what it was, and I have so enjoyed using it that I think everybody should at least be aware of it. It's called a Japanese pole saw, and let me describe it for you. It's basically a oh, about an 11-inch, let's say, 12-inch stick wrapped with rattan. And then you've got about a 12-inch, 11-inch blade, steel blade, very floppy steel blade off of the end of it, all right? So basically imagine kind of a fat samurai sword. It's got that feel to it. So people like me who have a lot of child inside of them, you know, we like this right off the bat. It just feels super cool in our hands. And that was the first thing that drew me to it is just the cool factor of it and how it felt like fun. And in fact, when you look at them, they almost do look like toys. They don't look like they would be tools that you would use on a regular basis. And But they are. They are so handy. So what makes them so cool? What makes them something you would want? Japanese pole saws. Well, I can get there as fast as I can by first comparing them or contrasting them with a Western push saw, which is what we're all familiar with when we think about hand saws. A push saw, it cuts on the push stroke. And so what you end up with is a blade that's got to be thicker. And it also has a tendency to bind as we push it. If you've worked with a push saw, a hand saw, like you would typically think of in a wood shop, you know how fun that can be. It's not terribly fun. It normally binds. It normally produces a rough cut. It's just not a fun thing to work with. Normally, I would opt for for a power tool any single day if I could 
to avoid using a handsaw. The Japanese pull saw, on the other hand, cuts on the pull stroke. All right. What that means, the, the big difference is that that means the blades can be way thinner and you can get finer cuts and cuts that are made with much less exertion and energy. So that's the big yank for these things. That's what makes them really, really interesting. And there are a number of different options out there, a, a wide variety of different options. I'm going to just talk about three of the basics. And the first one I want to talk about and if you want to see pictures, just go to our website, repcolite.com, and click on the show notes for today's show, and I'll have pictures in there. But the main one that I want to talk about and recommend to you to get for your first Japanese pull saw, and it's going to cost you about 30 bucks, 40 bucks, something like that. Not much more than that. You can get a good one. But you want to get a Ryoba, R-Y-O-B-A, Ryoba. It's a two-sided, wedge-shaped blade, all right? On one side of the blade, you've got rip cut teeth, you know, for cutting along the grain of a piece of wood. And then on the other side, you've got cross-cutting teeth. So that's for cutting across the grain. It's an all-purpose saw. You can do pretty much everything that you need to do with this. It's got a long, flat blade that works really well for making cuts as deep as you want. And also that flat blade is really handy for doing flush cutting. So if you use dowels and joinery, this is a really simple way to cut them off flush very easily. So a Ryoba, two-sided Japanese pole saw. Another option is the Dozuki, which is really fun to say too. It's a single-sided blade. That's the first one that I use. That's the one that we had in our wood shop here. It's a single-sided blade with a strengthening spine along the top edge. And the reason that spine is there is because the blade itself is really, really thin and it needs that support. But it's thin so that it can be used for remarkably fine and precise cuts. So you could use this for dovetail work. Now you still need to use a hammer and chisel to do the cleanup, but the saw works beautifully for, for dovetails and things like that. The third option is a kataba, which is basically very similar to the dozuki, but it doesn't have the spine along the top. So uh, it gives you the option to cut a little deeper. If you've got to make a deep cross cut uh, across a piece of board, you would possibly want to use a kataba in order to get that done. That's definitely not the first one to start with. The one you want to start with is the ryoba. Again, I've got a link in the show notes. You can check out a picture of it. There is a lot more that I could say, and we're going to in the future. We're going to talk about some tips and tricks for using them, getting the most out of them. But for right now, I just wanted you to be aware of a Japanese pull saw, and it's something you want to add to your toolbox. Definitely check it out. Oh, and if you do check them out, one thing you will want to do before you buy one is make sure that you're buying one uh, where the blade is replaceable. Uh, there are some where the blade is not replaceable and you would just sharpen the teeth when they dull. And that is something that you need a lot of skill in order to pull off. So you don't want to do that. Buy one where you can replace the blade. Now, all right, when we come back, Betsy's going to be here and she's going to be talking about a near catastrophe that they had when shopping for appliances. And it's something that you might run into too and you don't want to. She's going to help you avoid that. All coming up next. Stay tuned. Well, every week on the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, Betsy and I are looking for ways to make you aware of what's new in the world of home improvement. Tools that you should know about, projects that you might want to tackle, and of course, the paint and the paint colors that are going to be perfect for your space. Well, right now, we're excited to let you know about a brand new podcast from the Emmy Award-winning PBS series, This Old House. The podcast is called Ask This Old House, and every week, experts from This Old House will be sharing home improvement advice with homeowners from around the country. 
On this week's episode, electrician Heath Eastman is going to be talking about how to replace recessed lighting with a ceiling fan and a chandelier. And then they'll be talking with landscaper Jen Nawada about something that I definitely need to catch, getting rid of weeds on the patio. Mine's overrun. I got to figure out a solution to that. To hear about both of these projects, as well as get weekly tips and tricks from the pros at This Old House, subscribe to the Ask This Old House podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back, and Betsy, it's time for another Home Repairs in Harbor Springs segment. <laughs> And we started talking about this a couple of weeks ago, but you've been going home a little more regularly, mm-hmm. seeing your mom and dad in Harbor Springs, and we've mentioned right. how it's a veritable treasure chest of home improvement topics. Every time you go, something new breaks. What happened new this week that we can learn from? Um, well, as we talked about, I don't know, last week or the week before, my, well, it must have been last week, my parents' stove went out, so it had a gas leak, and we found out they have to replace it. So we've been stove shopping for a week and a half now, trying to find something. And we talked about how it's very hard to find stoves that are available right now, um, just with the whole COVID thing and all of that stuff and all these people doing projects in their homes and they're requiring appliances. And so there's kind of a shortage. Yeah, they used up the supply. They did. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So if you're in (laughs) dire need like we are, (laughs) that's a problem. What about used ones? Are those an option or is that not an option either? You know, it is. Are those gone too? No, you can find them. But, you know, why spend money on something that you don't really want? It's like we could also get a cheaper stove. But why spend however much money a cheaper stove is and not get what you want? Because then either right. you're... It's a Band-Aid. Yeah, exactly. So we've been looking for stoves and we have gone to many places. I mean, we've gone to the big box stores, but we've also gone to, I think, every single local place in the Petoskey, Harbor Springs, Traverse City area, <laughs> because, you know, it's it's a toss up as to who has what or who can get what the soonest and how they can deliver it and things like that. Um, right. So, you know, then eventually my parents did start looking online. They have one of those memberships to one of those. I don't know what they call them. The, the big stores that sell bulk quantities. I don't know what they're called, technically. There's a name for them. Like those warehouse Google, stores know. or whatever. I don't know oh, what they yeah, call Oh, yeah, yeah, yes. So they have a membership to one of those and found out, hey, they have appliances. So we start looking online and, you know, okay, maybe we can get one from one of those places. And then we went to actually look at some stoves. You know, now some of these places had stoves that were sold, but they were still on the sales floor. So you could look at them and get an idea. And it was Mm -hmm. then that it dawned on me that buying an appliance online without seeing it or seeing, you know, kind of what you're looking at height wise and things like that. That is the worst thing you can do (laughs) because believe it or not. There are differences. You know, my mom is on the shorter side, kind of like your mom. And whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe they should duel like you and I. I I'm taller than you. No, you're not. I wonder if my mom's taller than your mom. I I don't know. Yes, they're. They're vertically challenged. You get your height. Yes, (laughs) we both get our height from. Well, my dad's. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I was but, just locked into this. Yeah, there was no hope for yeah. me. Um, yeah, so so tell me about me. Shorter people like me, we can run into issues. What, what yeah. was your mom running into well, with the stove I never that you never saw coming? Well, she was trying to debate between a slide-in, which doesn't have that back panel, and I think they call it a freestanding, which has the little back control panel on it. And yep. some of because she's looking at gas stoves, because that's what they have is gas, Um she was looking at, you know, the great heights on them. And some of them, the great mm-hmm. sits down like below the the top of the stove, if you will. And some of them, the great actually sits on top of that. And that little bit of extra height on a freestanding stove made it so that if she were to have made something, you know, on one of the burners and then wanted to turn on the oven, she would burn herself trying to reach over top of those grates and reaching the buttons on the back. That sounds like Mrs. Doubtfire. Didn't that happen in Mrs. That's Doubtfire? Exactly, that's exactly what my mom said. <laughs> Is it exactly that? It, it's exactly that. Was that was exactly <laughs> yes. the issue. Yes, exactly. That was exactly the issue. Yeah, <laughs> wow. that was exactly yeah. what she said. Oh my goodness! But but looking at the measurements, they were all basically the same. Yeah, maybe within an inch or so of each other, and you wouldn't think that that makes a difference, but it really does. And I'm not sure when they measure. I don't know if that's to the top of the stove, including the grate, or if that's not including the grate that may or may not sit on top of the top of the stove. So that was really what made the difference for her. We finally found one that, you know, she thought she wanted to slide in, but just, you know, the cost and being able to get them and things like that, she ended up going with a freestanding. But we tried five different freestandings before we found one that is the appropriate height for her, that is not too tall, that she can reach across safely, and that will actually work. Who would have known? I mean, we didn't realize it until she stood next to a stove and started to reach across for things and try things out. And then we realized some of these are really way too high for her. And it's just not safe. That That is very, very strange. Uh, yeah, like you said, you don't think about that. No. It's not something that even remotely crosses your mind. Right. And yet when you get there, you're, she's just lucky she happened to reach across just to... Right. Mm-hmm. See once how that all shook out, and then instantly you realize that. And I think that happens with a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, I know. I, I, there's only so many things you can try out in the store, right? But when I put new toilets in, uh-huh. <laughs> we had the normal. Well, I, I guess it's not the normal size. We had what used to be the normal size height toilet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we put in the new kind and now I need a ladder to get there because <laughs> it's so much taller. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I never yes. would have. Or at least you know, a step stool. <laughs> yeah, a little step stool. It's yep. one of those things. Now, you can't technically try it out in the store. Right. Not that. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those things you don't think about. You know, you, you, you see it. It's just an appliance or right. it's just it's just a fixture. I'll just order it, mm-hmm. and when it gets here, we're good to go. You don't realize all the ins and outs of some of these little details. Right. And like you said, it can be a little bit, confu- not confusing, but uh, maybe deceiving. Yeah. The, the fact that the measurements are this or that. You know, it's this tall. That's just what it is. But it could be measuring to different points. And, and with those raised grades right. on certain ones, that, yeah. let me tell you, that extra inch when you're short, right. like I am, 
that can make all yep. the difference. So is there anything else that you learned in all of your, your shopping extravaganza? Um, yeah, there was one more quick little thing. Um, she thought she liked the look of this completely stainless steel top. So they were looking, because they have a stainless steel fridge, they were looking at stainless steel ranges. And she thought she liked the look of the completely stainless. It doesn't have the enameled finish under the burners. It's stainless. Kind of looks like something you would find in a like professional kitchen or something like that. Um, and, you know, it's bright and it looks really pretty. But the enameled tops are black or really, really dark. And so it got my brain working, you know, well, you're probably going to see less mess less stuff you know i've previously had a white stove and it was the worst thing to keep clean because you see everything and at some point stuff gets really burned on and you just can't get it clean you know no matter how hard you try it's permanently there it's not going to come off the other thing i was thinking um and it's funny because i told you about this the other day when i was talking to my mom about the stainless top but then my brother just cleaned the the hands that are under his burners and his electric stove and they have discolored oh the little catch pans yeah they're you know stainless steel or whatever and they have discolored from the heat of the burner and that was you know three days ago what i said to my mom you know what about this top is it going to start to discolor from the heat of those gas burners over time is it going to start to get that kind of yellowy gold whatever color and suddenly your top is no longer as pretty as it was when you bought it you know if you don't use your stove much you're fine <laughs> but but didn't you ask the salesperson about that and he agreed with you i i did i made some mention of the fact that i thought that's what would happen i mean i've seen it with other things where metal you know heats up and then it's discolored and you can't get the discoloration to go away and he said that's exactly what happened so did you give him your business card and say i have a home improvement show i i That's thought I about all it. these things no really i was just standing there mentally patting myself on the back for thinking outside the box <laughs> yeah did you tell him it's your co-host that really helped you achieve these levels of wisdom and brilliance um no because when i told you about that the other day you told me you hadn't even thought of that <laughs> 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 You're not supposed to say that. You're supposed to at least let me look like I'm the brains behind the show. So you want me to be right? dishonest about that? <laughs> well, huh? I guess technically no. Uh -huh. Let's just be honest. Right. Well, I wonder, what do you think is going to happen next week? What do you I, think? I don't know. Do you have I, any predictions? I know. I Are you going not. into the plumbing world? Are you going into the world of electricity? <laughs> oh, heaven help happening? me. I hope not. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out next week on Visits with Betsy's Parents in Harbor Springs. We'll have to come up with a yes. good title for our segment. That, That's no, not, not a great. good one. Anyway, if you're out there doing appliance shopping, yeah, make sure you get out there and test some of these things out. For sure the ovens, the stoves, make sure the height and all of that works because those are little important things that we don't always think about. Right. Now, when we come back, we're going to be talking about home offices. So many of us are stuck at home, working from home, and we don't know when that's going to quit. When we come back, we've got some ideas on ways to make your home office the most productive and creative space possible. That's all coming up in just a minute. Stay tuned.
If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the RepcoLite Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, we're back and we want to talk about working from home because a lot of folks are working from home right now. It's it was one of those things <laughs> yes. that remember it was going to be mm-hmm. how did that go 15 days. Yeah. We were going to flatten that curve. Yeah, and so everybody, you know, for for the good of all, we'll work from home for uh-huh. a little bit and now here we are months later Six still working now. from home. Yeah, <laughs> lots of folks still working from home. And yeah. there in the beginning there's aspects to that where maybe it's fun. Right. And that probably wears off after a while. And and, and another thing, probably the biggest thing is that when we launched into that Nobody figured it was going to last so long. So we kind of just took over right. some random spaces in our home and we just figured, hey, this will mm-hmm. be where I work. I'm going to work from that big chair in the living room that I always right. sit at or I'll work from the table or I'll do this or I'll do that. And now that it's right. spread so long, we've got these spaces that really aren't dedicated spaces for a home office. Mm-hmm. And that's not terribly good. You don't get as much yeah. done that way. You're not as productive. And so we wanted to talk about some of, some ways to take your home office to the proper level get it to the point where you can be as productive as you want and as creative as you need to be yeah and you know it's not just how the space functions it's also visually especially if you're one of those people who works from home but you have a lot of these zoom calls or meetings online where people can see where you are you know a lot of people have worked from home before, but it's worked from home and they're not having meetings. They would go to the office or Mm -hmm. meet somewhere for meetings. Now you are essentially inviting people into your home for these meetings. They are seeing your personal space and suddenly you're conveying who you are in a whole new light. You know, they're seeing <laughs> the things that are in your home. They're seeing your artwork. They're seeing your books, you know, what books you have in your bookcase. They're seeing your furniture. They're seeing your paint colors. They're seeing way more of your intimate home. My brother was applying for a job and part of the interview process, they're not doing in-person interviews. They're doing them all, I don't know, Zoom or something similar to that. And he set up his computer and then he looks and he said, it's a good thing I'm testing this because look what I can see in the background. That's not acceptable. What was it? So, well, it was just his counter, but his kitchen counter behind him had stuff on it. And, you know, it doesn't present a very good front. His version (laughs) of not acceptable is way different from what mine. I would have expected underpants to be draped over something. No, no. But when you're applying for a job, you want it to look as professional as possible. And, you know, people pick up on these things because you got um, nothing else to look at. Well, Architectural Digest, I think, is who it was. I got the email there. They have an article that is about the Emmy Awards that just happened a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. And of course, that was all done. People in their homes or, you know, in specific places. And the entire article is about what they were seeing in the background of people's homes. You know, okay, so this person has what looks like built-in shelves and they have these things. And, oh, this person has these books. And, oh, this person, it's their home library. And, oh, this person, you know, look at that great paint color on their wall. And look at the furniture. I mean, 
the entire article is about what you're seeing in the background in the Zoom call. Well, it's so, so, so it is important. Right. And I completely get it because how many times don't you go for a walk at night and you go past houses with their lights on? I mean, you're naturally drawn to see what. Oh, I want my oh, mom used to what, call it window shopping. <laughs> yeah. The police call it something different. But <laughs> yes, but it's the same concept. But anyway. Yeah. yeah. yeah so you, here you are at a meeting. And yeah, what you mm-hmm. do is your, your eye wanders around. And as you said at the very yeah. beginning, that's the thing I like best. That, that's this concept that sums it up. You're inviting people into your home. And so you yeah. want to give the best, the best possible presentation. You want to put your best foot mm-hmm. forward, whether it's an interview, whether it's just a meeting or whatever. You don't want the underpants on the on the on the, the back no. of the chair. That's not cool. No, 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 no. So how do yeah. we get our offices to the point, our home offices, to the point where we really can be proud of them and we can be Zoom safe. Well, I think the first thing you need to decide is where you're going to do this. And I think you need to have a dedicated space because who wants to clean off their dining room table every night so that they can eat dinner in the space that's their office? Unless you can somehow, you know, put like a separate desk in your dining room. Don't just do it at your table unless you have maybe some place in your kitchen that you can eat and you can dedicate your dining room to an office space for the time being. See, and, and but I think that you what you're trying to find, like you said, a dedicated space is it's psychologically important to have that space because yeah. what we're trying to create is not just a space that's visually appealing. That's secondary. You know, that's for the Zoom meetings. That's for all the voyeurs who mm-hmm. are staring at our home. Right. But for us, <laughs> we need a space that's productive. And a space that right. we can be creative, where we can get about our work and not be distracted. And like you said, yeah. setting up at a table, knowing that in an hour I got to clean all of this off in order to get dinner mm-hmm. on the table or whatever, you're not going to be productive that way. You're not allowed. You know, you're not able to keep going with your project. You don't want to be doing that. Right. Not productive. You also want to find a place, though. I would think, I would contend, that's low traffic. You don't want to be in a place yeah. where there's the hub of your entire home. And and then for me, that's the kitchen. That's where everybody is moving through. I don't know how I would get anything done. So I'd recommend you look for a low traffic area. You try to find maybe a room. You know, some people have a guest room or something like that. If you do, Mm -hmm. great. Something with a door. That's ideal. You can Mm -hmm. block out some of the noise. What about a window? If you can pull off a window, don't you think that's ideal to set yourself up in a space with that? Yeah. First of all, it's going to give you some natural lighting, which is another thing to consider when you're doing these calls. You need some good or at least fairly decent lighting in there. So natural light is going to be great. It's also going to help you with the mood, especially now that we're going into fall and it's getting more gray and rainy. When the sun does come out, we want to see it. So if you can find a spot where there's a window nearby, that's perfect. Well, and also when you think about it, the big, you know, I don't know if it's a cliche. It's probably a cliche. The whole idea, I want the corner office. You know, I I want that bigger office someday with the view, you know, with all the windows. Right. Yeah. You don't want to lock yourself in a space where there's no windows, no access to the outdoors. Believe me, because Betsy, that's where I work in a little space with gray walls and no windows. And man, it it can drag you down. Look for a window. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the whole the lighting thing for Zoom meetings on a second note or a side note. It's important to try to position yourself with the window in front of you. 
you know, yeah. shining on your That's face help for these Zoom up meetings. Your face. If you do it the reverse, yep. you're going to black yourself out entirely and you're just going to be a silhouette. Mm-hmm. Which maybe, right. maybe that's good, but it'll look like you're, you know, one of those people on those videos where you've got inside information and they just don't <laughs> want to show who you are. And, and right. you don't want to exactly. convey that at a Zoom meeting. So anyway, no. look for the right space. Those are some of the things to think about. One thing to consider is that not everybody's going to have a room, a, a dedicated room. Yeah, right. But that's not going to be a deal breaker because if you remember no. you can be creative with your arrangement of furniture in your office by the use of area rugs mm-hmm. you can do all of those things to literally create the illusion of space the illusion of boundaries i should say and right. we've talked right. about that on the show before with nick Sargent from johnson carpet one in granville where he talked about using area rugs in great big open concept areas to mm-hmm. create yeah. little little spaces that are more defined. And you can do that mm-hmm. with a home office as well. So if you don't have a separate room, you can still find a little a little area somewhere and by, you know, creative use of some area rugs and the the layout of the furniture, at least create a space that feels like a dedicated area. Well, I'm thinking, you know, how when we went to the Frank Lloyd Wright house in Grand Rapids and they had the fireplace and then the bookshelves on each side and there mm-hmm. was a little like lectern thing where you could put the books if you have a setup like that in a big open concept room where you have maybe built-ins on each side of a fireplace, I think a great place would be to put an area rug in front of one of those built-ins and put a desk on that. The built-ins are behind you with books or whatever things you want to show off and your desk right there. And it kind of, you know, makes a little office in the corner. Right. Very cool. A lot of things you can do. That's just the beginning. We're going to take a break, and then when we come back, we're going to hit some of the other things you want to think about. The right furniture, and of course, the right paint colors, because you're never going to get anywhere if you don't have the right paint colors, right? Of course not. Of course not. That's all coming up in just a minute. Stay tuned. Nothing's more fun to us at the Repco Light Home Improvement Show than making you aware of something that's new in the world of home improvement, whether that's something that's brand new, really new, or whether it's just something that you've never heard about before. Either way, it's a lot of fun. Well, right now, we're excited to point you in the direction of a brand new podcast from the Emmy Award-winning PBS series, This Old House. The podcast is called Ask This Old House, and every week, This Old House experts are going to be talking with homeowners from around the country and helping them work their way through their latest project. Now, coming up on next week's episode, painter Mauro Enrique talks about the best ways to remove peeling paint. There definitely are a number of considerations when you tackle a project like that, so you're going to want to be sure to catch that next episode of Ask This Old House. And the easiest way to do that is to subscribe right now to the Ask This Old House podcast. It's free and easy, and you'll never miss another episode. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to take your DIY skills up a rung, the Repco Light Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. And we're back. And Betsy, we're going to finish this off in style. We're talking about home offices working remotely. And because so many of us are working remotely, we want us to be working in the best possible spaces. Did I say that correctly from an English point of view? Seemed clunky to me. As you are going to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It was clunky. I guess I get just Mm -hmm. caught up in the moment and all my speaking skills dribble away. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, creating that space in our in our homes where we can have a home office that's productive and creative. How do we do that? We talked about in the last segment how you've got to find the right space. If you missed yeah. that, go back and listen to it. I'm sure it was utterly brilliant. Right, Betsy? Yes, of course it was. Absolutely. The next thing is to find the right furniture. And it can be a little tricky because you're working in a home slash office Mm -hmm. and you're trying to combine both of those worlds and find furniture that will bridge the gap. And maybe that doesn't seem so complicated at first, but here's here's why it gets complicated. Because when people find out they've got to have a home office or we've got to work from home for a little bit, I was reading about this. One of the tendencies was everybody ran out and bought a bunch of cheap office furniture. Mm -hmm. You know, that was the the natural knee-jerk reaction. Right. As this dragged on, now we've got a bunch of people who have kind of cheap office furniture Mm -hmm. in their home, taking up space. And our home is supposed to be aesthetically pleasing. Right. And standard office furniture (laughs) outside of an office Uh isn't generally aesthetically pleasing. It's got this real office-y kind of a look. And it doesn't really blend with what we're trying to do with our home aesthetic. So there's that complication or that that stress, that... Mm you know, fight between the two. Right. But then the, on the other hand, by taking real big comfy furniture and chairs that are super nice to sit in and turning those into office chairs, that doesn't really work either because they're not designed to do that. They could be too comfortable or they're not easy to work with at a desk. They look great in a home setting, mm-hmm. but they don't function as office furniture. So how do you bridge the gap? Well, you have to find kind of the happy medium, something maybe that has a fabric or a pattern that looks more like a piece of furniture, but still functions as an office type of chair. The other thing is the whole mindset that the furniture is going to give you. If you are sitting in a big oversized armchair, Mm -hmm. your mindset is not necessarily on work. So you're probably going to be a little bit less productive. Just like if you were to sit on a hard wood chair from your dining room table, again, you're going to be uncomfortable if you're sitting there for long periods of time. So you have to find that balance of something that fits, looks good in your home, but is also comfortable enough to sit in for long periods of time. It's kind of a, you might have to pay a little bit more. In fact, I'm 99% sure you'll have to pay a little bit more. But you know what? If this is something that you're going to have to be doing for a while, if you're going to be working from home, my sister was just telling me she's going to be working from home at least until next year and possibly forever. You know, it'll be mostly working from home stuff. And so if you're in that situation, if your company has given you, you know, kind of, that's where they're going, then it's absolutely necessary to invest a little bit more money in your space and make it work with your home, but for you. Right. We're going to put some links in the show notes to some furniture that kind of bridges the gap between both of those worlds. Good design can get you there. Chairs that are designed well, desks that are designed well, they can serve Mm -hmm. both purposes. They can look good and yet be really functional and keep you on track in the office. We'll put some links in the show notes. The last thing for the last little bit that we've got, it's all about the right colors. You know, it's the last thing yeah. we're talking about. It's really the last thing that you pick. And and here's mm-hmm. just a quick aside. We've talked about it before, but if you're doing any redecorating at all, paint is always that last thing or one of the last things that you choose, the paint color, because everything right. else has much many fewer options than paint will. You know, you can Mm -hmm. find a chair that you like, but it comes in these 12 different fabrics or these 30 different fabrics, whatever it is, these four different fabrics. Paint 
right. can be changed any way that you want. You know, we can go any direction right. with paint. We can go off of the charts if we have to. You're only going to have so many options with your furniture. So pick all of those things first, then let's work on the paint colors. But make sure you spend mm-hmm. time with the paint colors because nothing sets the tone for the room quicker or or more effectively than the color that you put on the walls. And the big thing that you want to figure out when you're doing a home office is figure out that mood that you do want to create because different paint colors will create different moods and different people, because of how we work, need different moods created in a space mm-hmm. to inspire us. So just some basic yeah. ideas. Red, for example, it's an energizing and a stimulating color. It's probably not the kind of color that you'd want to put in an office, except as maybe a minimal right. accent. Do you think with that? Yeah. Do, you, do yeah. you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. But what about rich terracotta colors or even, you know, raspberry colors? I've seen an office where it's not mm-hmm. that bright in your face fire engine red. It's knocked right. down and more muted. That will work. You can pull something like that mm-hmm. off. You could also go lighter and pink is, I know it sounds like that would be completely ridiculous, but that would work mm-hmm. really well. Benjamin Moore's color of the year, first light, the color for 2020, mm-hmm. this past color of the year. That's a really right. light pink. That's almost a neutral. It works super with grays. Yeah. It's a great color. It can be masculine or feminine. So if you share an office with a guy, that's okay. You can put slightly more masculine furniture in there, which will help balance out that pink a little bit. That's a great option. You know, blue is a great color, especially those lighter blues, a little bit dusty because you don't necessarily want bright sky blue because that's, you know, a real awakening. (laughs) But if you want that calm and things that are going to help you concentrate, a light dusty blue is going to be great for that. Um, Yellow, if you go like SpongeBob yellow, it's going to be super bright and energizing and over the top and it might be a little bit in your face but you can always go with a real light buttery yellow it gives you just a little bit of energy but a little more calm type of energy (laughs) it's not quite so over the Mm -hmm. top green's another color it's harmonizing it's calming yeah it's very natural it brings a sense of peace and stuff like that if you're the kind of person that needs calm and you need you know really to help with focusing on concentration and stuff blue that's the way to go some sort of blue if you want you know to feel more positive if if you're one of those people who needs that positive energy Mm -hmm. yellows go with something in the yellow field if you need a sense of peace and calm green's the way to go. Mm-hmm. And we will help you with all of those color choices. It's just a matter of kind of getting a handle on which direction you want to go. Remember that as you put these things together, these are what people are going to see when you're on your Zoom meetings and all of that. And you can create a space that you can be proud of, mm-hmm. that you can sit in and be productive in. And it doesn't have to cost a lot of money. We can help you right. get there. We'll get you the right paint that you need and help you choose the colors. There are so many other things we could talk about wallpaper and the finish that you use but man there's just not enough time right you know maybe we should just play our show 24 7 (laughs) we could just talk non-stop and feed people all the information oh i'm sure people would love that (laughs) (laughs) nobody wants that I, i don't i can't imagine how i would be on the radio without sleep i know how i am when i'm rested yeah. I can't imagine what I'd be it. like without sleep. <laughs> anyway, that's all the time we've got. If you want to catch this one again, you can find it online at repcolite.com. Don't forget, we've got a brand new store that opened a couple of weeks ago in Byron Center on 84th Street, just west of Clyde Park. 
Check that out. We're going to be having a grand opening coming up at the end of October, and we'll have a lot more information about that coming up. Make sure you check us out on Facebook. What other things can they do, Betsy? That's about it, right? Yeah. Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. We've got lots of good stuff out there. Whatever you do today, make sure you have a great day and make sure paint's a part of it. I'm Dan Hansen. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy. And we can help you take that whatever space that you've got in your home where you've got the underwear draped over the chair and you're trying to have a Zoom meeting. We can help you take that space and turn it into something where you could actually interview and get a real job from that interview because they'd be so impressed with what you got going on behind you. Right, Betsy? Yes, but we can't help with the children and the dog. No, the children and the dog, that's for you to fix. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) 